morning and welcome to El Oso Fumar Takes. This is our 189th take. Didn't think it, you didn't think it was going to happen, did you? But here we are, live and in person. I'm your host, Barry Duplissy, as always, and I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. This is going to be an awesome show. Technology tried to get us down, but we came back stronger than ever. And before we get to formal introductions of my guests tonight, we do have to thank the people that make this show possible. And that, of course, is our sponsors. Tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. Drew Estate is about to make someone a whole lot richer during its latest freestyle live shows the company's on uh, the company's been doing on Facebook Live. Drew Estate has announced that it will hold a Bitcoin sweepstakes for n- numerous with also numerous incredible prizes for all of their attendees. Freestyle live events, including a grand prize of one full Bitcoin. Yeah, that's one full Bitcoin for a lucky fan to be announced on the February 17th, 2022 edition of Freestyle Live. Entry into the unheralded Drew Estate Bitcoin sweepstakes is simple. During the company's uh, freestyle live events, which took place on October 15th, November 11th, one more to go. One more to go on January 20th. Tune in and you could be one of the lucky recipients to get entered into a full Bitcoin sweepstakes by Drew Estate. So check it out at DrewEstate.com or Facebook.com slash Drew Estate Cigar. So without further ado, let's get things kicked off. This is our 189th take. Welcome back to the take one. Um, of course, tonight's guest is sponsored by United Cigar. Smoke one today. Start living United. Mr. Chris Monaco of Amandola Family Cigar. Chris, how are we doing tonight? Not bad, brother. Not bad. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, it, I, you're very welcome. It almost didn't happen there for a little bit. So, um, <laughs> but we're, techno- we're up and running. Technology great. It's so, it's so awesome. You know, he shits the bed, you know? So. <laughs> um, so, yeah, man. Th- thanks for having me on the show. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to connecting with all you guys and, uh, you know, shooting the shit, having a cigar, a drink, and uh, seeing where it goes. Absolutely. I think the universe was just like, wasn't really excited to have us together, you know, the, like two people together. They thought we were going to duke it out, you know, Red Sox fan, Yankees fan. They just thought it was going to get violent and <laughs> ugly. And they're like, we can't have that. Like we're gonna show them. That's why I had to wear my Yankee hat, bro. Yeah. Like, bro I knew you were gonna come through with your, your, your <laughs> Red Sox hat on. So you know what I'm saying? Of course, of course. Uh, I wouldn't it's expect it. It's all good fun. You double down too with the the DeBro- you know, the Bronx T-shirt too. I mean, that's 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 what I'm talking about. That's the spot, man. Arthur Avenue, man. I love when I go back home and uh, you know, go to the market, get all the fresh cheese, the, the prosciutto, the super side, you know. Don't get too much of that down here in uh, South Carolina, so I got to take advantage when I go up there. So, so repping the Bronx tonight with Yankee at, you know, got to got to do it. So, that's like one of the things that I'm really, uh, really excited about. Um, my sister actually lives in New York, and visiting her is is is, is double downing on uh, on what actual uh, actual deli meat really is because. Well, we have you know, there's some good stuff down here in Texas. You can get some good stuff, but it, that's like the real deal up there. Yeah. Well, one thing with when COVID hit, man, I went ape shit, man, because they, they started doing all this stuff online now. Like Mike's delivers, you know, from the markets. I got a couple of uh, Frankenstein's and Staten Island, you know, they deliver. So and they started that really with, with doing, you know, once the COVID hit, obviously that changed their business plan a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been it's been great. I've been getting, <laughs> I've been ordering all the food from back home, man. So at least now when I go. when I go home, I don't have to get a, you know, a four or five hundred dollar box worth of shit in my trunk. You know, it's a lot easier to get it sent down here. So it's worked out pretty well in, in that aspect. So, yeah. And so it, uh, not 
don't have to get homesick or anything either. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, and hey, I, I'm really excited to light this cigar up. So I, I know you're you're uh, you got something there as well. But um, um, what if uh, what did I've I've got the uh, the Amandola Cremoso, uh, one of the uh, three core Great lines stuff. made at Aganorsa, um, and mm-hmm. uh, and you've you've said this is this is uh, this is going to jump up on me. That's what that's what I've been hearing is this has got a little bit of real complexity, but it's got it's got a little bit of little hair. It's got a little bit of kick in this thing, huh? Yeah, it's got it's got a little kick to it, especially for Connecticut. It's a little deceiving. I mean, most people pick up a Connecticut uh, and think it's going to be, you know, very light, very airy, grassy. Uh, our Connecticut is anything but that, in my opinion, um, and a lot of feedback that we got on it. And, you know, when me and Jeff blended that cigar, we, we knew that we had to have something with a little bit of a punch because even our old Connecticut, which was pretty popular, um, had a little spice and punch to it. So we knew leaving our old factory going to the new one that we kind of it had to be at least as good or better. So, um, you know, that's kind of that's kind of why we did it like that. And in my opinion, you know, I smoke one every morning, spray with coffee, great with espresso. Um, but it's also you could have it any time. Um, and you, you, it will still satisfy you, you know? Um, so. Well, it's some, it's, uh, it's the only core that I haven't had yet. Uh, it was like okay. the last cigar that I had when I got from, that I got from you guys at the trade show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I know we're going to be talking some about some more of your cigars here in a little bit, but, uh, but I, um, I, ironically, it's, it's funny. This cigar has brought up got brought up uh on every interview that i've listened to yours uh, and and so i was like i i was like i specifically held it back for uh, for tonight's show because i was like i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna light this one up because i want to see what like because everyone although everyone that was smoking it really seemed to enjoy it and was really kind of bought into the the complexity that you guys blended with it so i was i, re- I was really stoked so mm-hmm. it, it was hard but i held back and I, I saved it back for us for tonight so i'm excited for it well you got you, you got more coming to you you got more coming to you so smoke it up man enjoy uh tell me what you think you know definitely pay attention to the retro hail man uh you know you know i've, I've said that on numerous videos you know me and jeff you know i retro hail a lot when i'm smoking a cigar um, to really get those complexities and those flavors on the front end of your palate. Um, you know, so I would definitely, if, if, you know, if you can retro hail and, and you'll really, really, uh, take you a little bit on, on, on a, a better ride. Um, so but I'm curious to see what you think, man. What are you drinking uh, over there? Are you drinking every, anything with it? Or just- uh, well, I'm, I'm playing, I'm paying homage to my guest of honor tonight. I'm, I'm drinking some of Italian's finest. I've got Pellegrino. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. That works. Yeah, it works. Didn't uh, um, I'm not I, as good as you. I'm drinking some whiskey uh, sure. tonight, little bourbon. So, I uh, I thought about uh, I thought about grabbing something and then I just didn't I just didn't have it. But I've, I've got to have water during the show, or else I'll I'll just go I'll go crazy. So, but um, but speaking of going crazy, um, not the best transition in the world. But I I was really the one thing I wanted to talk talk to you about the top of the show. We're gonna get into some Yankee Red Sox stuff in here later because that's obviously going to be a lot of fun but um before you got into cigars and i know you've uh, we talked a little bit about your day job before the show start but you were you were in a rock band so yeah 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 i was in a metal band for like five years man (laughs) so okay yeah talk talk, i gotta i gotta hear this like what did you play like (laughs) like what like yeah how did this all start 
Uh, well, it, it started, I was working, you know, my day job as elevator mechanic in the city, five boroughs. Um, and, you know, I've always loved music since I was a kid. Uh, you know, I played guitar. My father was a drummer. Um, so coming up, I always had a set in the house, you know, um, and uh, eventually, you know, with the guitar, I kind of got, it was just, I didn't, I didn't gravitate towards the guitar or I wasn't naturally as naturally good at the guitar. Like I was the drums, like I, the guitar I had to really work at, you know, and could take lessons and learn chords and, you know, scales and all that shit. And after a while, I was like, man, just, you know, I, you know, I went to my dad's place. I'm like, man, let me just get on the kit. And I kind of, it kind of just um, was more of a natural thing for me. And I, I just had more of a passion for it uh i didn't have to try as hard and it was just more of a natural i just took to it um so as i grew older you know i play here and there but i never did anything serious with it um eventually you know i, I got my own kit I, you know i, I kind of started late as far as that i mean it always was around but i never got really fully involved in it um due to work and just you know life you know uh but eventually i was like you know what man i'm just gonna i'm just gonna give it a shot try to try out some bands you know just play for fun play some shows do some gigs and, uh, you know, whenever I do something, that's just the type of person I am. I kind of just go balls to the wall at it. I can't do it like halfway, like just for fun. I got to try to do it to like do well at it. Obviously, like, if you're going to do something, do it right, I guess. Um, that's just my mentality. And I ended up uh, trying out for a band in Jersey. The band was uh, Spoon Fed. They were around for a little while before me. I uh, ended up losing their drummer. I stepped in. Um, Went from there, played with them for about a year and a half. Then we, you know, changed the name of the band and kind of went in a different direction with, you know, personnel, singers and stuff like that. Um, me and the guitar player really stayed close in the bass player. Um, and uh, this is what we did for about four, almost five years, man. That was my life. I mean, it was just work and going to the studio, work and going to the studio, work and playing gigs. I mean, I'd go to work at, you know, leave it. 4.30, 4.45 a.m. to catch a train, go down to work with Grand Central, work in the city all day, come home by 4 or 5, eat a little something, hop in my car, drive to Jersey to the studio, and that was it. Weekends, same thing. I'd go play gigs, you know, even during the week till 12, 1 in the morning, 2 in the morning, drive home from Jersey, get a couple hours of sleep, go to work. So it was a lot of fun. It was a big part of my life. Uh, I miss it immensely, but, you know, I'm obviously, I'm a 39-year-old man, so those days of... Uh, you know, living that lifestyle a little older. I got a family now. I have a daughter. And that's actually what kind of got me into cigars. When, once I got out of the band and we kind of stopped doing gigs and touring. I mean, we opened up. We, we, we never got huge. We got played on the radio a couple of times, a couple of our tracks. Um, you know, we opened up some bigger bands, uh, festivals, stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, we got linked up with El Nino, which I don't know if you know that band, but they're like a Latin metal band. Been around yeah. for a little while. Um, they took us in. Yeah, recorded. Laz is a real good friend of mine. Great guy. Um, so cool. Christian Laz, the singer. Laz, the bass drummer. He left now. They had their issues. But, um, you know, they, they uh, ended up recording our, um, you know, our first album at the at Sound War Studio in Hoboken. And, uh, you know, right when we were really about to start taking off, we had issues with our singer. My girlfriend at the time, that my wife, ended up getting pregnant. And, uh that was pretty much it after that, man. You know, I got that. I got a good five years out of it. Um, it was great, but you know, had a different. God had a different path for me, man. You know, like once I had the kid and, and the wife and and all that. You know, obviously I can't be going on, you know, tours and 
staying, you know, being all over all over the country and traveling. So it was kind of, you know, at that point I had to make a decision on what was going to be best for my family and, you know, kind of had to leave leave that behind for the best of the family, you know. So but it was fun while I last. I had a great time, met a lot of cool people, got to go backstage with a lot of great shows, you know, Energy of Mayhem Festival and, um, you know, play Stone Pony. And we, 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 got, we really got to have a lot of fun, a lot of fun and play for, play, play open up for a good amount, you know, b- bigger bands and uh, got to meet a lot of cool people in, in, the, in the industry. So, I, you know, yeah, we didn't make it, but. Got it. I had a good time doing it, and that's really what it's all about. When you play music, it's almost like cigars. Like you got to do this because you love it. You can't do it because you want to be famous and make money. That's not what it's about. You got to do it because your your heart's in it. You have a passion for it, and you love it. You know, and um, it was something that was a really big part of my life, and uh, I'll never forget it. So that's awesome, man. So many drummers in the cigar industry. You know, you got Ernesto Perez Carrillo Jr., Michael mm-hmm. Herklotz, mm-hmm. Nick Perdomo. Man, so many drummers. Chris I'm, Monaco. Man. I'm a big double. I'm a big double bait. I'm a big double bass guy, though, man. Like I'm a big like, like you know, like I was big, you know, blast beats and double bassing and you know, like heavy, man. You know, like those drops, you know. So um, it was fun, man. I had a lot of fun. I think it was a way for me to. Um, that was a that was a, a time in my life. You know, I, I was living a, a little bit different of a lifestyle. And uh, it got it got me to get out a lot of aggression. I mean, whenever I had issues, man, I knew I was going to the studio and I could just kick the ever living shit out of my drum pick. And and I felt better, you know, so it was a real uh, release for me. And, you know, that's uh, honestly how I almost transitioned into cigars was because at that time in my life, once I left the band, I almost didn't know what to do with myself. I was lost. I was like, I didn't have that release anymore to, to you know, I needed that. And um, it was like my medicine. And once I didn't have that, it I felt really lost. And, and you know, that's when at that point, you know, I, I knew some people up at the local cigar lounge, uh, actually owned by Atlantic Cigars, both the Cigar Republic and from New York. Shout out to all those guys over there. I love you guys. Um, and, uh, you know, my wife actually made a suggestion. She's like, man, you know, these guys, you know, your stepfather buys cigars there. They knew our family from business things and, and rental properties and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, she was like, why don't you just go up there and hang out, you know, get out of the house, man. Like you can't just sulk because you're not playing music anymore, you know? So, um, you know, I, that's how I ended up getting into the cigar lounge. And, you know, I really was able to meet a really diverse group of people, um, that probably would never talk to me on the street, but like, you know, once I got up there, I mean, it was like one big family. I mean, it was 24-7 lounge. It was, you know, I'm not saying it's, it was a guy's club, but I mean, it was all all dudes. Like, we used to talk to you. Hey, you bring your wife up this week? Okay, I'm going to bring mine up, too, just so we can show them what's going on here. You know, like, you know but it was it was pretty much a guy's club. You know, like we, we would, you know, we would coordinate. Like, all right, you bring your wife, but I'm my wife. We'll get them up here. Just let them see everything. Looks nice, nice. Everything's going good, you know. But then, you know, we'd have our card nights. We've had, you know, we had a lot of fun. So uh, it was a good, good time. And it really got me to love tobacco and the industry. And uh, that's, you know, that's what it did for me. It filled that void of, of not playing music anymore, you know. And I was able to go up there. And, you know, you'd have one guy bitching about his wife, one guy bitching about his kid. It'd be people from all walks of life. I mean, I was a blue-collar elevator mechanic in the city. But, you know, I met steam fitters, I met lawyers, I met the mayor of my town, the 
the the the, the chief detective of my town and oh, you know wow. you know i used to bust his balls rob and i'll be like hey man you're usually pulling me over for you know dumb shit trying to <laughs> trying to screw with me now now we're sitting here smoking cigars you know so like it was really cool and and um you know it, it really made me fall in love with kind of the culture so the greatest equalizer in the world man it's awesome mm-hmm. which i mean, which is a perfect transition 100%. Tonight's uh, tonight's major point. So uh, power of the P tonight's major point is brought to you by the people, cigar people, the people who know everything about a lifetime of service. A protocol cigars is more than just pool parties and good times. Well, maybe it is. There's a lot of but, those. <laughs> what up, Juan? <laughs> but behind the fun is a motivation for service, a motivation for giving back. Love, Juan. And uh, from the original no, protocol blue to, to the latest dude. release in the Lawman series, Bass Reeves. It's uh, Protocol Cigars has always been about honor, passion, and a yes, of course, the people. It's what the life's, their life's work has always been and always will be about. So Power of the P, Protocol Cigars. So, Chris, you know, we, we, we talked a little bit about um, your time. You, know you know, the P stands for pool. You know the P stands for pool parties too, pal. Okay, don't, I, make, I, don't forget I, to mention I, the pool absolutely, parties. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. That's why. That's why well, I was like, some badass maybe. pool parties. I gotta give them that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's about pool parties maybe well, it's good times yeah well maybe it is but man those i mean that i think what's you know it's funny about kevin and, and juan those guys remind me a lot in uh, a lot of you and you and jeffrey you know you guys have this 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 i mean it's it's more than just a love of cigars it's 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 a love for like everything there's this joy that, that kind of exudes like around you, it's kind of you know not to get all hippie-ish, but it's an aura. It, it's the way. It's just the way. Like the the moment I met the two of you guys, I, like, I, I you know it just felt like I I was brought in. It was it was awesome. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's the vibe, man. We, despite my hat, you know, despite my hat. Man, <laughs> I listen. That was that was the first thing I busted your balls on, right? But, yeah, of course. Hey, that's how it goes, man. It's all love. It's all it's all love. You know, that's how it goes. Best rivalry in sports, man. I love it. But uh, no, I mean it's it's about the vibe, man. And uh, since day one, you know, honestly, uh, me and Jeff have had that vibe with each other. It was just easy. We didn't have to like, you know, make the relationship work or, you know, you know, stroke each other's ego or do anything like that. Like, you know, I bust Jeff's balls all the time. You know, I bust his balls more than he busts my balls. You know, like that's that's kind of the difference in personality. Um, you know, he's more of a laid back uh a great listener very patient you know and i'm more sometimes a little bit more in your face and you know blunt and uh you know i've spoken about this in other interviews even in i think the interview we had with coop like a year or two ago you know we balance each other out we we we, you know we're happy for each other's successes we push each other we motivate each other when i'm down he needs to pick me up when he's down i pick him up and honestly it's like it's family man We're, we're like we're like brothers i mean we don't just do cigar shit together. It's not just like we run a business, but then we never see each other outside of business things. I mean, he's coming down for Thanksgiving. Usually, you know, our family's, you know, last couple of years been spending Christmas together. We go on family vacations together. Our kids hang out. So, you know, it's, it, it's about the vibe. It's about, you know, we say this all the time, the legacy, the, the family. Uh, and, and, you know, that's what this brand's about. And if anybody, uh, you know, if anybody digs that vibe and is on board with that, then everybody's welcome, man. That's how it goes. So that's you know. awesome. I I think what's really, you know, 
I think what's really cool about your, your kind of your starting in the cigar industry is how your, your wife kind of encouraged you uh, without really, I mean, she didn't know, she probably didn't know it was going to end up going around this journey, but she just wanted you to, she wanted you to enjoy yourself and, and, uh, and uh, you know, just kind of get back to that camaraderie that you had with your bandmates. And I think that that's, that kind of encouragement's really great at home and everything, but it that's how you got started with cigars in the first place. I mean, you're uh, um, I've, I've heard you don't really, you can't really recall your first cigar, but you, you, you started smoking because of your, because of your stepdad, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, yeah. Well, so my wife did that. And then shortly after that, she was like, shit, what did I do? I, I created a monster <laughs> because then I was up there all the time. She's like, you're never home. I would like leave work, go there, smoke a cigar, come home for dinner, say hello to my kid. And I'm like, once dinner was done, I was like, all right, I'm going back up to the club and playing cards tonight or, you know, whatever. So after a while, she's like, dude, you know, so she created a monster. But, you know, that's when it really got, went full on. And I really, but like over the years, I mean, I remember, you know, I mean, Italian households are a little different with like stuff like with wine and stuff like that. I mean, I was drinking wine, not shitting you at like eight years old with dinner like for on holidays, you know, homemade wine from my, my no-no, you know, he would make his homemade wine and, you know, it, it, they, it was part of our culture. So it wasn't like we're doing it to get drunk. You know, they would give us kids like, you know, a little glass of wine with dinner. Um, it was, it wasn't frowned upon then. Now, I mean, you, you, CPS will be at your door in two seconds, but you know, <laughs> back then, you know, it was, is a big, is a big deal. And, um, you know, same thing with cigars. Like it was weird, man. Like he, I remember the first time I really got in, like, like I was like, Ooh, this, I, this might be for me. It was like, I was probably like, uh, I want to say maybe 13 or 14. And, um, you know, I remember he had, he had started like with the, these, the sticks, they're cheap. They're like, almost like, uh, uh they're called Avanti. They're like on a Z cigars. They look like shit. It looks like a, they look horrible. The tobacco is crap, but it's like a flavored Sambuca or Anazette flavored cigars from Italy. Um, and, you know, I, I remember putting that. He had one lit up. He's like, don't sit on your mother. And I took like, a couple puffs. And I'm like, oh, man, this thing's awesome. You know, and then as I got a little older, he would always have one on holidays. You know, I remember I think the first real cigar that I smoked was uh, was like a Monte. It was I think it was a Monte Cristo white because he really liked those um, in the beginning. So... You know, um, he definitely was was a big influence as to it was around, you know, always holidays, family gatherings. So um, kind of fell into it that way. But the, the real passion for it, where it was like it turned into an everyday thing, two, three times a day was, you know, once I got out of the band, got up into the lounge and really kind of more engulfed myself in the whole culture and community of what, you know, this is all about. So. So your stepdad used to smoke these Avantis, uh, which are kind of like that Toscano style, which is that, you know, yeah, that yeah, yeah. rustic look. And those, those, yeah, it looks like a piece of dog shit. Yeah. But that, but that, but you yeah. can smell them, man. I mean, it, it's, I mean, I bet that takes you back when like, like someone's lighting up a Toscano somewhere around you. Like it, it, I bet it takes you back to those holiday meals that you were talking about. I mean, smell it is does. so nostalgic, you know, it does, man. Yeah, it does. Like even even it's weird. Like even when I see, you know, if I go into the store and I see that box, like I'm like, it, it reminds me of when I was a kid, you know. Um, so, you know, it, it definitely he had a part of it and, and, and me falling in love with it and started, 
you know, kind of said like, you know, with family gathering and stuff like that, but it wasn't like an everyday thing. I'd be like, all right, I'll smoke one with you on Christmas, like once a year for a little while there, you know? And then what, and then I started getting into a little, my little cousin, my little cousin actually really got into it. And then he kind of, I remember he gave me a Rocky Patel, like Connecticut. And at that time I was like, oh, this ain't bad. You know, I smoked that. And then that's when I had just got out of the band. He was starting to smoke some cigars with me. And then, you know, I was kind of lost because I didn't have like an outlet anymore. And between all those things combined and then my wife saying, hey, why don't you go check this out? And uh, that was it. You know, it was, the rest is history. Now I'm here. <laughs> so. I, uh, you know, I've, you know, I, I, I'm envious in a way, Chris, because, you know, my, my father, um, my father hold, holds a special place in my heart. I know your stepdad raised you. Um, and, uh, but my father was a cigarette smoker for not for his entire life, but he, he quit a few times, always went back to it. And, uh, but he never smoked cigars. And, uh, and I, I, you know, as he's, as his health has started to deteriorate, as he's gotten older and everything, I, I don't, I don't, I, I want to more than anything, I want to share a cigar with him, but I don't ever give him that gateway back to, back to cigarettes, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've kind of, I've kind of put it on the back burner and everything. So I'm, I'm envious in a way of that, but, uh, you know, cigarettes I, to the worst, man. I mean, I smoked cigarettes since I was 13, 14 years old, man. So, and I quit, I mean, I don't smoke anymore. You know, Jeff gets on my ass this here and there for the late night, you know, I might pick up a pack when I'm away from the family and, you know, burn down a couple new forts real quick, but <laughs> you know, all in all, I don't, I don't smoke anymore. I quit like full time, like two years ago, like where it's like every day, full time, a pack a day. But yeah, I mean, I did that. I did that, you know, up and up until a couple of years ago, honestly, probably three, three, four years ago, maybe I'm, you know, but it's cigarettes are the worst. They're the worst, you know, um, there, there's, and, and, and if you're looking not to get back into them, yeah, I mean, I can see where you're coming from where you don't want to give them a cigar. But, uh, yeah, cigarettes are, are trash, man. They make you feel like such shit. It's just a, a total different experience. I mean, cigarettes are, are people smoke because they're stressed out. You know, cigars, people smoke because they want to enjoy the experience. So it's a total different thing, you know, total different thing. Yeah, when I explained when I explained to him why it was different, because he was like, he's, you know, he was so I think he was disappointed at first. When I started smoking cigars because he thought it was the same thing and I was like no dad you don't understand and I was telling him about this lounge that I was going to when I was in college and I was talking to him about the tobacco and like all this different stuff and he like and he started really coming around on it because he just he was like wow okay yeah this yeah okay like he, he just he saw that he saw that it, he saw that it was different because it was nothing like his experience of smoking cigarettes and everything well I and, think uh, I think what it is is because it's a tobacco product. People get that stigma, obviously. Tobacco, they think it's automatically bad. It's going to kill you. And, like, listen, I know these things can give you their own set of problems, so they say, too. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's nothing like cigarettes, man. I mean, cigarettes, you're inhaling that. It's, it's just shit ton of chemicals in there. I mean, take a cigarette and put it up to a black light. That will answer your questions right there, bro. A <laughs> fucking thing glows like neon. All right. Like there's something, and you're smoking that. So there's, it's sprayed with thousands of chemicals. It's a total different thing. This is all oh. pure. This is made by hand, you know, from the time it goes in the ground to the time it comes out, there's no impurities or synthetic shit being put into it to get you more addictive and more, you know, so, um, you know, I, I can understand people who, who aren't never been in 
into smoking at all. They, to them, it's all the same. Smoking, vaping, you know, to them, they just see smoking as smoking. Um, but if you really do your homework and, you know, read up, obviously, you know, cigarettes and vaping and cigars are not even in the same category, you know, not oh, gosh, even in the no. same realm. So. Absolutely not, man. Absolutely not. So, no, I, I, I'm, I'm really glad that we got to talk about your father tonight because I, I know I know you recently lost him. And, and I wanted to when I heard I, when I've heard others, you know, other interviews you've done and talk about that's how, you know, one of the reasons you got started and everything. And I, I wanted to I wanted to honor him tonight. So so I'm, I'm, I'm glad we oh, I appreciate a couple of minutes. Hey, don't, don't salute Vince. Thank you. I appreciate that, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, it was uh, it's been a rough uh, couple months, you know, um, so, but I really appreciate that. Yeah, he was a good man. You know, he, I was really close to my real father too. Um, but, you know, and he, he passed away about six years ago. And now oh, this, this happened to my stepfather. And I just, you know, lost both of them way too early. And, uh, but I was lucky. I was, I was lucky enough to have two people that were really totally different and learned uh, very, you know, two, two different ways of how to, how to handle things in life um, from two great guys. And, that's kind of how I have to look at it and just kind of move on and uh, try to just remember some of the things that they taught me. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, that's what life is, man. You, you know, that's unfortunate shit happens. And it's not just to me, you know, everybody's got problems, you know, and they got different sets of problems maybe, but everybody's got problems. And at the end of the day, you just got to push through. You know, I think honestly right now more, more, uh, I feel worse for my mother, you know, because uh, they came down, to the Carolinas. They just moved out of New York. Uh, they came down here about two years ago, built a brand new, you know, 4,000 square foot house. They think they're going to retire. And uh, this happened. So now she's just more lost and not knowing where she's going to go with her life. So that's a little, now that's my responsibility, you know, um, to look after her and kind of make sure that she's good moving forward, especially considering I'm the last uh, living male in my family. So, um, you know, I had a really big family. I mean, there used to be 20, 25 people at the dinner table every every Christmas holidays. And, you know, in the last six, six, seven years, it just got wiped out, man. Started with my, my father and and uh, I went through my whole family, between grandparents, my aunts, my aunt died. My uncle got hit by a car last year. My mother's brother. Now, oh my now. So it's been a lot. It's been a lot. And uh, we're just hoping that, you know, the next couple of years, uh, you know, everything falls into place. You know, I guess God's got a plan, man. Kind of sucks. I don't like the plan so far, but I'm not questioning it. Just doing what I got to do, man. Sacking up and do what I got to do, man. That's what it is. So. Well, I know that, you know, family is such an important thing to you. So, you know, even despite all the every tragic loss recently, you know, it's, it's, it's good that uh, it's good to see that you're still rolling strong with it. And um, I feel like, you know, I, it, it seems like you just, you, you take everything in stride and um, you just kind of roll with it, which is just, uh, it's in this, some incredible strength, but I think it, it has a lot to do with the people that, you know, are behind you with that. So that's, that's really great. I appreciate um, that. Thank you. So, you know, so speaking of the people that, you know, are behind you and everything, obviously when you got into this business, we talked about how you got into the, the lounge life and you were spending <laughs> way too much time, according to your wife up there and everything. Um, but uh, this led to your, this rate led to the introduction with you and, and, and Jeffrey. So how did, how did that come to be? Like, were you, were you looking to get into the cigar business or was it just a business opportunity that kind of landed in your lap? No, I was. I, I was looking. So so this started, 
2013, just where I really started getting in golf, um, where I was at the lounge every day. Um, so over time, I really became more of a collector and I was searching for unicorns. And, you know, I really started to read up about tobacco and the factories and from fermentation and rolling and the different region, and, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, every story behind each cigar. And I was like a cigar dork, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, it, it really is. I, I knew it was something that I, I really loved. And and um, to a point where it was like sick name, like some people were like, all right, bro, we get you like cigars, man. Like talk about something other than fucking cigars. You know, like, it, it was getting a little, you know, like. So and I'm like, man, I, I want to get into this business, but how, I mean, I'm, I'm an Italian guy from New York. I, I, you know, I, you know, this is, you know, primarily a South, you know, obviously the South American countries, you know, families and history and heritage deal with this. Like, how am I going to wiggle my way into this business? You know? And I knew that I didn't want to do it by myself because like this whole thing is about culture and family. And, you know, I, I, I didn't want to do it by myself. I wanted to enjoy the experience with somebody. Um, but I, I didn't know, I didn't know when that, when I was going to find that person, how I was going to find that person. It's not like I was actively looking, but I knew that when the time was right, I was going to, and I found the right vibe and the, and, 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 and mix it. it, it I was going to jump in, you know, full force. Um, so I ended up moving down here, um, leaving New York, I uh, wanted to kind of get out of there, you know, for the better of my daughter, you know, my daughter, my family, give them a little bit better of a way of life. Because, um, you know, New York's rough, man. If you're not, I mean, my wife's from Texas, so she even didn't, she was like, how the hell do you live See, like I knew, this? I knew, down? Like, I knew deep down, from, Yankee fan and train. all, you were a good man. <laughs> I knew deep down, Yankee fan and all, you were a good man. You married a Texan, smart yeah, man. my wife's from Houston. Yeah, she's from <laughs> Houston, my wife, so. But she was up. She, when I met her, she, you know, that's how I met her. Was she came up to New York for work in sales, and um, you know, we actually met at a gas station. It was such a scumbag. I was hitting on her at the gas station, <laughs> trying to get her number. So, uh, but when I got home from work, I had my bandana on. It was all dirty and disgusting. She, you know, she's like, "What the fuck? Who is this guy?" You know. But luckily, she, she, uh, I ended up, ch- I ended up getting the damn number. Um, but uh, where was I going with this now? Oh man, that that is smooth, but, uh, man. I mean, you you're looking like trash. <laughs> she's coming from she's coming from her sales job. Guys are at the yeah, gas station, yeah. man. Oh man, to be a fly on the wall for that conversation. Oh man, that's 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 yeah. that's the stuff legend. Oh, she Chris. took off on me. I had it. She took off on me, man. Oh. And then I, I, I'm like, what the? I caught up to her at the light. I'm like, I want your number. I'm sitting there trying to hold the thing, like <laughs> holding the steering wheel with my leg, writing the number on my hand. She's yelling it out the window because she won't stop, you know. And it, oh, dude, you have you know, no idea. It was, it was a good. It's funny now, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> so you know, it, it um, so at that point in time, like when 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 I got down here, um, I kind of. I started thinking more like, man, how do I get into this business? And I started, like I said, really doing more research. And, you know, I linked up with a couple of people here locally. Uh, actually, Yanni, uh, shout out to him from the vintage over in Charlotte. He had ended up doing an event with uh, Jeff. And I guess he ended up talking to Jeff and saying, listen, you got to, you two got to meet. 
you know, this, this dude's, you know, from the same area of New York you're from. You guys are the same age. You're both Italian. You both love cigars. He's got a man cave. Why don't we, you know, after the event, stop by his, his house and just shoot the shit, have a couple drinks, you know, smoke, whatever. Um, so Yanni ended up calling me up. He's like, hey, I'm going to bring this guy, you know, Jeff by and, and we're just going to shoot the shit. And I'm like, all right, yeah, whatever. And, you know, once he came in, like right away, bro, we just, I don't know, we just clicked, man. I mean, you know, we were here, I think the first night, so literally, I'm not shitting you, it's like 4.30 in the morning. We went through a bottle of whiskey, went through like three cigars. You know, Jeff kind of told me his story, his background. I saw that he had a, like a real passion for it, like I did. And, and, you know, it's not every day you meet somebody you click with like that, that is on the same page as you, you know? Um, so I was like, and I just started talking, I'm like, listen, you know, like, how's everything going with your brand? How's it? And he's like, you know, we're just taking off. I'm a new brand. You know, he had a lot of local presence, uh, but he wanted to take it higher. You know, he wanted to get into retail. He wanted, he wanted to go to, you know, to the next level. And, you know, in the beginning, it was more like, listen, bro, I got a couple of connects and a couple of retail spots, uh, you know, Atlantic Cigars and, you know, a couple other local, you know, places up in New York. And, you know, other connections with clubs and stuff like that. So I was like, listen, give me some of these cigars. Let me send some of them out. Let me see what I can do to help you. It wasn't even, to be honest with you, it wasn't even in the beginning that I was going to get involved. It was more of like, yo, we're cool now, bro. I like your vibe. I like what you're doing. You know, let's, let's, let me see what I could do with it and just kind of get your foot in the door some places. So was, was this on the cigar at the time or was it still Bull City cigars at this point? It, well, he just he had just stopped Bull City, and literally maybe a year before I met him, I think it was like 2017, maybe going into 2018, where he did Amendola Family Cigars. Um, so it was Amendola, but it was totally different than what it is now. I mean, totally, totally different. I mean, literally, I think the only thing we kept from the old Amendola was the the logo. You know, I mean, we've we've changed everything between factories names blends uh the look the marketing uh everything so i think you know the only thing we really kept was we we, we scrapped everything and just started fresh and um you know like i said in the beginning it was more of like you know let me just see what i could do and you know after like two three and jeff you know he he thought i was just some other southern jerk off on him that i wanted to get into the business like 100 people want to say but <laughs> don't really realize what it takes to to, to do that um and after like i think it was maybe two or three months you know, I started, I, I got us into Atlantic. I started talking with Brian Pravada. I got us a deal with Pravada. I started talking to JR. I got us into JR Cigar over here in the Carolinas. You know, so I started picking up some bigger accounts and we started getting some traction. Um, right when that happened, so once that started happening, I'm like, listen, I'm looking to get in the business anyway. You need somebody to kind of handle that end of things. You know, Jeff is very good with the events. And I mean, we, we both do it all. We both could. You know, we both could get our hands dirty in any part of our business. Like if I'm, you know, busy doing something and he's got to step up, he could do it. Uh, if I, if I, if he's busy with something and I got to go handle an event, I could do it. But like, we also know what we're good at and what our strengths are. So we kind of stay in our lanes when we have to and get out of those lanes when we need to, if that makes any sense. Did he train um, you how to roll but, too? You know, he, he, yeah, he, he, well, so I, I learned honestly this past probably two years. I would just buy tobacco and dip around with it myself here. And oh, okay. I, I kind of taught my, I kind of taught myself and then learned also from Jeff too certain techniques. And so it was kind of a combination, but I also don't roll like Jeff rolls. I mean, Jeff, that's his thing. You know, mm -hmm. I roll, I can roll you a cigar, smoke it and it'll be fine. 
but that's not, I'm, you know, I do it more for when we're blending and when we want to come up with a new idea and before we go to the factory and say, we want this, like, we'll actually roll it out here. We'll play with the tobacco and we'll, we'll mess with it here uh, before, you know, we, we talk to the factory. So I did it more for that, just to learn about tobacco, different flavors, you know, um, the different uh, profiles on each wrapper, you know, um, stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we both, we both kind of, kind of can dip into anything, but we also know what our strengths are. So after about the first year at that point, we were getting bigger accounts. I'm like, listen, bro, let me handle this. You do that. I want to partner up. You know, I've been looking to get into business anyway. I know he was looking for a solid partner. Um, you know, somebody that would, that would take this, this as seriously, as seriously as he took it. So we ended up partnering up um 50 50 and we just ro rocked it out man and then what ended up happening was like right when we did that literally like i'm not even shitting you like probably two or three months after that that's when covid hit i'm like oh my god <laughs> so which killed the event side of the business a lot for jeff because he was he was you know he was surviving off of that i mean that's his bread and butter and that really killed the event side of the business and you know really forced me to kind of step up on on the, the retail aspect uh because you know we needed it to keep the business afloat now at that same time um we had some issues with our old factory and when, when me and jeff even before the issues you know we were we were talking and you know you know i told him you know with me getting involved you know I, there, there needed to be some major changes and, and he agreed um and that's one thing i gotta say about jeff man like he really you know i think he saw my strengths and let me and just kind of let me go. Like he trusted in me to let me go and, 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 uh, kind of make some decisions and make some suggestions. Um, and, and, and he was open to that. And I think that's also another reason why we have such a strong relationship and why we work well together. You know, like we don't care who comes up with a good idea, just as long as it's a good idea and it works. Like it doesn't matter <laughs> right. if it's his idea, my idea, you know, we don't, we, we don't, it's not like that, you know? Um, we don't care about who's getting the shine, who's not. It's about the success of the business. That's what we care about. That's we want to put out a good product and we want people who are smoking our product, you know, and, and getting behind our brand to, to know that we're a consistent brand that, that they can depend on. They, they like our vibe. You know, we're putting, I, I believe something totally different out there than what everybody else is doing. Um, as far as like, we didn't conform into what the industry is, is where even like a lot of people who aren't, spanish like you know you know gringos like us coming into the game you know they go and everything right immediately everything's spanish everything has a spanish name everything and and that's respect to to to, to the industry and we get that but the way you know we looked at it was like why are we why are we doing something why are we trying to be something we're not that's not what we are that's not how we grew up why don't we just be who we are represent who we are how we how we do things and roll with that and see how it goes you know be genuine stop trying to be something you're not um and so far i think it served us well you know so what are some of those strengths you, uh, you you've referred to like you, he really relied on you for some of your strength. i mean i can infer based on the things that you're talking about but it was it um you guys i mean like you said you guys went through some pretty dramatic changes in the last couple of years where were you know you know, I know it was a, obviously a, a company decision, but I mean, were you the force behind some of these factory changes? 
these these sales pushes to get in some of these bigger accounts? Like what, what were some of these strengths that he started relying upon for of you? Well, I, I, listen, whatever decision at the end of the day, we we come to the no matter, like I said, whose idea it is, we come. Right. We meet in the middle and we discuss it. And, you know, so it's not really like that. But um, as far as like factory changes, well, when I first started, you know, dealing with him, he, he had some concerns. And then when I started, you know, seeing the product that we had. I had some concerns because I'm dealing more with the sales and the things and I'm like, listen, if we're going to compete with some of these products, we need to put out a better product than this. And we have to have more of a reliable source, you know, and the way I looked at it at that time, financially, if I'm dumping a good amount of money into this financially, like we need to make these changes. Otherwise, I'm not going to feel very comfortable. And he agreed. He was like, you know, we, we, we do need to make these changes. And you know, um, it just happened at, at a crazy time where everything kind of just all started happening at once. Um, you know, he reached out to uh, to a couple people and, um, you know, I was making some suggestions on some things and it kind of just all it all started coming together, you know, organically. And, um, you know, we kind of just went with it. And then as far as some of the, the, the marketing stuff, like, you know, as far as changing the names, I mean, the cannoli. I came up when we were sitting here one night. I mean, he'll tell you that, you know, we, yeah. we were sitting there and it was just almost by accident, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and once I blurted it out, he was like, bro, that's awesome. I was like, bro, we should name this. Canola. He was like, we should definitely do that. I was like, all right, let's do it. And it just kind of, that's why I always have a special place for that red cannoli, man. Cause that's really like the cigar that we came up with. That was the first cigar that like, you know, once I got involved, you know, I was a big part of creating that cigar with Jeff. So, um, you know, and that, and then obviously some of the marketing, the names, the looks, the box designs, redesigning the bands, uh, you know, and then, you know, once we got up and running, you know, you know, it, it ended up where I kind of took on more of the back end of business stuff, as far as the logistics, production times, you know, printing the bands, how they get into the factory, you know, when the shit's coming in, you know, uh, you know, as far as dealing with our, our now distributor and it's all our product getting out to where it needs to go to all our retailers, you know, and Jeff would really focus more on curating tobacco, doing the events, you know, pushing sales at the retail places and spots that he was at. Um, you know, so, you know, it's like if something if something's not if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing. So and mm -hmm. I think Jeff saw that, like, with my leadership on the back end of things, we were going in the right direction. And with his leadership on the event side of things, like, and getting that exposure locally and like, even, you know, nationally going all over the place, traveling the way he does, you know, you need, and, and, and he agreed, like you need both of those aspects to make this work. You know, you need, you can't just have somebody who's good at one thing and but you got to have your hands in all these different pots to, to, to really, I feel have a good, blend and recipe to make this thing work like a well-oiled machine you know so mm -hmm. um you know it's really a, a, tr a tribute to the way we work together and the way we believe in each other's like i said strengths and and when i fall and i need him he picks me up and when he falls and he needs me i pick him up and that's the way it's supposed to go man you know it goes both ways man so so, so you you two are part and we talked about this a little bit at the trade show this year you know you two are partnering with the the two of the hottest factories in terms of boutiques too as well um 
in the industry. You know, you got Aganor sleeve for your core lines, and then you've got for your, you know, your limiteds like the cannoli and things like that. You're doing it through Lazona, um, you know, with Erica Espinoza. Um, you know, have you were you were you a you know a heavy Espinoza or heavy Lazona smoker, or heavy Aganorsa person before you before this happened, or was it something that as you guys were exploring new opportunities and wanting to put out that better product to use your words was it just something that you guys you know found well i i've always loved agonorsa because i as a, as a consumer i smoke a lot of agonorsa products um as far as like you know i would i smoke a lot of viaje back in the day and you know so i i love and you know i've always loved agonorsa so when we got the call that we were had an opportunity to work with agonorsa I, I felt like I was like, yeah, man, that's like, you know, playing for your, your team when you're a little kid, you're rooting for that team. And then you grow up as a player, you're playing for that team. Like, so I felt the sense of pride in a way. It was like, wow, you know, we, we in a matter of a year or two, you know, we're getting opportunities to work with a factory like that. It was really like to us, both me and Jeff, like we looked at it as like a blessing and an honor, you know. And um, as far as the thing with Eric, we had our old distributor, Dustin, shout out to him, um, you know who did a lot for us, always was in our corner. You know, he knew we were having issues with our old factory. And right at that time, we had broke I, – I, that's right when I got the deal with Pravada and uh, with Brian, and he wanted a shit ton of cannolis. And I'm like, man – and it, it just so happened, like I said, when COVID hit and we were having problems with, with our old factory, I'm like, man, like I can't rely on a deal like this, you know, getting screwed up. So I ended up talking to our old distributor. He kind of linked, he has a good relationship with Eric and he linked us all up and, you know, the, the rest is, is history. So, mm-hmm. but we wanted to, you know, me and Jeff talked and, and we wanted, because we had an experience with, with another factory where, you know, all your eggs are in one basket. If something happens, you're screwed, you know? So we wanted to have a little diversity as far as our factories, sure. not only for that reason of not them just, I don't want to say having us by the balls if something happens, um, but also to give the customer that diversity and flavor. Because listen, you know, a Mexican San Andreas over here is going to taste different than the Mexican San Andreas over here because the fermentation process is different. The back is different. It's coming from different farms. It may taste similar, but it is going to also taste different. You're going to get different notes, different flavors, depending on the factory and how they ferment the fermentation process. So, you know, Mm -hmm. we wanted to have that diversity. You know, we wanted to offer, all right, you know, if you're not really into Aganorsa tobacco, now we got, you know, eight, we got um, uh, Eric's tobacco from Lazona, you know, and like even like our Padrino and our Special, which hopefully we should be getting soon. Um, Been saying that forever, but I know people probably hate me saying that right now. (laughs) But, you know, that's actually going through Eric, you know, expedited through eric but i think he's getting that out of aj uh, aj Fernandez. yeah san laton right right so you're really yeah yeah so you're getting a lot of different flavors you know from different factories and i think that makes you know that i'm not saying we're the only ones who do that obviously we're not but you know we wanted to we wanted to do it that way we did that on purpose you know we we wanted to to kind of offer a couple different variety and while at the same time not having one factory have us, like I said, I don't want to mean it's in a bad way, but have us by the balls. If God forbid something happens, you know, now we, it's different. If we're, if this back is this, is this factory right here is a little slower on production time. We can't get product from them. Then maybe we can rely on our other factory or, you know, so it kind of works well for, 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 for all that. 
solves all those issues. So. Well, perfect timing for that because with COVID and everything, people were under so many different restrictions and, you know, like capacity was, you know, was, was cut sometimes in some places and everything. And with the small, like small factory, like Eric's, you know, you could cut capacity, you know, you, you can't have all your, you know, your pairs in there rolling and, and, you know, all your rollers, rolleros and boncheros, you're, you're, you know, it's a struggle, man. So I, yeah, I mean, what a perfect timing to get diversified. I thought that, I mean, I know you guys were looking for other reasons. I mean, no one saw COVID coming, but I mean, it couldn't have been more perfect for y'all in that, in that aspect. But what, what I find, yeah, I mean, we were, we were really blessed and we're really blessed. Uh, it all just kind of worked out. And that's what, when, you know, when something's effortless and it just works on its own, like, you know, that you got a good fit, you know? And, um, I'm not saying it was totally effortless. Like we had to put it in our work. And we had <laughs> of course, to, you know, we were stressed. There was days we were stressed the hell out, man. And we we're like, man, we were worried, but like it all worked out the way it was supposed to. So, you know, in the end. Now, another thing that I really like that's really unique about your company is the fact that like, like right now I'm smoking the Cremoso and you're smoking the Maduro, the core line. And then there's a third core out of Aganorsa, but there, there's only one Vitola. It's a Toro. And, and then the, the, uh, the cannoli is the same thing. They're Coronas. So you guys have mm-hmm. these, these blends, you know, these six different blends, two different factories, but it's all just one Vitola. And that's, that's something that's really incredibly unique too, because, you know, you see, you know, I mean, Chris, you've been part of this industry for a while and as a consumer too, you would see a brand launch and then they have like, you know, you know, four facings and like, you know, four Vitolas a piece and everything. So you're, it's uh, you know, you're immediately kind of, you know, like, Oh, not over overwhelmed. It's kind of a negative connotation, but you're kind of, confronted with like okay well which which vitola do i go with what do i do you guys make it simple so and and it's and it seems to work for y'all well well, i mean like i said going back i mean we we, again like nothing's done by accident we did that on purpose because you know there's two reasons there's two there's two um reasons behind that that thought process one was like you said we didn't want to overwhelm the the customer especially with a new brand. Like I know me, I used to hate walking into a humidor and seeing one blend in literally 30 sizes. And I'm like, bro, I've never had this before. Like you just said, which, which size would be the best, which, which has the best balance between the filler, the wrapper and the binder with it, you know? And it's like, Jesus, man, like, it, it, you know, like it's too much, you know? But the other thought process behind that was, you know, as a retailer, especially as a newer brand, when we're competing with brands like Monte Cristo and Drew Estate and we're fighting for shelf space, you know, it's yeah. a lot easier for me to go up to a retailer and say, listen, man, like we got our core line from Agonorsa. We got our, you know, our cannolis from Espinosa. We got this, we got, you know, but they're all coming in one size. We're not asking for like a huge space on your shelf. Just give us an opportunity to show you what we got. And it's a lot easier to get your foot in the door. And they're will, they're more willing to give you an opportunity when you're not taking up you know, a quarter of their humidor because you got all these different sizes. Um, you know, and we also did it because we believe it's like, listen, man, let's just make that blend in one size badass. Like, you know, so there is no guesswork. There is no like, ah, oh, maybe I'll go with this or maybe it's like, you know, me and Jeff love Toro. You know, that's what we there's a reason why we picked Aganorsa for I mean, we could have put down our cannolis there and turned our core line with Eric, but we wanted the, the, the core line to be out of Agonorsa because 
agronomic sources their own tobacco, their farms, their you know their 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 a solid company, well-oiled machine, um, and consistent. And that's what we wanted. We wanted three consistent blends with great tobacco, and um, you know, and it was simple. You got a Connecticut, a natural, and a Maduro, and you know, and, and that's it. You know. Um, so that we, we look at it as like, listen, if that cigar is so awesome, like just make it one awesome cigar instead of making that blend in 20 different sizes, you know, and that was kind of, so there was a couple of reasons behind that thought process. Um, but it, it and, and we've gotten a lot of good feedback on it, to be honest with you. Um, you know, you're not the first person that's told us that, but a lot of the newer retailers appreciate that for the reason I said with the shelf space, but a lot of the customers give us a lot of good feedback on it too, because they're like, man, you just simplify it for me. You know, I go to the Amendola section. If I want a Connecticut, it's there. If I want to, you know, it's, it, you're not getting overwhelmed with all these different Vitolas and, and, you know, and, and, and all that. So it's worked, it's worked in our favor so far. So we're going to try to continue to do that. So. Well, Chris, you asked me to, to tell you what I thought about this Cremoso as I've been smoking it tonight. And uh, I, I have to say, I've, I've smoked the other core lines too. Uh, and I have to say uh, the Cremoso is, uh, has become my favorite very quickly. Um, I like the other cigars. So that's not a, that's no, that's uh, that's a no short order. Cause I like the other blends uh, quite a bit. And this, this is, this is awesome. It's everything you talked oh, about, thanks, everything man. you promised. I'm loving the retro hail. The complexity is spot on. Like you said, it's kind of transitioned a couple of times and, and I'm only like halfway through it. It's, 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 it's awesome. What a great experience this is, man. I've been really enjoying the cigar while we've been chatting. So oh, that, thank you. Thanks man. Yeah. It's very, very creamy, man, but it's got that spice. And like I said, I told you it, like it changes. It's got that gram, the spice, little nuttiness, very buttery, creamy, but, it, but you know, it, 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 you know, I get, I know, you know, Jeff thinks I'm nuts on that, but I almost get like a, like a honey nut Cheerio, man, or like a, you know, like a cereal bar or something too, like a Nilla wafer. So it, it's a, you know, it's a, I smoke one every morning, man, religiously on the way, you know, I, I drive a lot for work now. Um, so I'm in the car sometimes just in the morning going to my, you know, my job site, construction site, like two hours. So I, I could smoke one every morning with coffee, man. And it's, it's like, I almost didn't even know how to start my day without one, bro. To be honest, it's like, it's bad. You know, so I, I love, I love them. So I'm happy you're enjoying it. Happy. Absolutely. Well, speaking of your day, I know your day is going to start uh, early tomorrow. So um, I want to, and we started off with some technical difficulties. So we're going to roll right along here into our uh, two of our fun, our more fun segments. And, but Chris, I want to thank you for taking us down a little bit mount memory lane again, paying homage to your, uh, to your, to your late stepfather. And, and uh, also talking a little bit about, you. you know, the, you know, the catalyst, uh, part that you played and I know it's a team effort. I can't wait to have Jeff on the show and, and talk to him and get his, you know, his story as well. But I, I know you've, you, this is why I do this, man. Everyone's got their unique part, their unique place. Mm-hmm. And I really like, I like sharing everyone's individual, uh, individual voice. And I think it's, it's, it's always interesting to talk to people, but, uh, no, but, well, I, I appreciate you having me on. I know it's been, you know, crazy. We are supposed to do it. Like maybe a month ago. And then obviously I don't just, uh, stuff going on with my family, but I just wanted to thank you, all your viewers, giving you know me the opportunity to get on here and speak on your platform. So uh, you know, obviously, Coop is an awesome dude. I want to give a shout out to Coop. I know you guys yeah. are tight, and uh, you know we're 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 not going anywhere, man. You know, I, you know we we're, we're in this for the long haul. 
Um, we're not trying to, we're not a, just a, a flash in, a flash in the, the pan brand. Uh, we will be attending, you know, a lot of trade shows moving forward. Uh, I'm going to try to get, I think we're going to TPE this year. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it now because of everything that's going on. Maybe with, uh, I told you I might be relocating, um, you know, down to Florida. So if that happens, I, I'll probably, you know, Jeff, Jeff will probably be out there. TPE, I will definitely be there for PCA. Um, but yeah, man, just, you know, for everybody out there, if you guys haven't smoked our cigars yet, uh, you know, just give us a shot, um, you know, run through our lineup. Um, I think that at a certain, you know, I think that there's something in there for everybody. Um, mm -hmm. And if you don't like one, then, then you know, you'll have to like the other. Uh, you know, the, we have, I think we have enough diversity in our portfolio that, you know, there's there's something for everybody in, 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 in the mix. So. Um, with that being said, yeah, man, I really appreciate you having me on here and uh, having you know, your listeners, listeners listen to my story. So I appreciate it. And our story, the Amendola story. Absolutely. So, so we've got uh, four more questions for tonight, Chris, and we're going to roll through our two of our fun segments involved with this and actually three of our fun segments. So, uh, so of course, this always starts, kicks, we always kick off our fun segment with uh, the One Must Go, which is always brought to you by United Cigars, featuring La Giana Havana and distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron line. So smoke one today and start living united. So I promised everybody that we were going to take, we were going to bring up this rivalry. We, we kicked everything off. This was how Chris and I first met. He saw, he saw my Red Sox hat, busted my balls, <laughs> right at PCA trade show. Loved it. Loved it. And this is what I, this is, this is the rival part of the rivalry that I love is, is when I meet a Yankee fan and they immediately give me the right amount of shit. Like it's not, you know, it's not like over the top, <laughs> not super aggressive, not ready to just like, you know, kill me. Just, just enough to like let me know like where I stand, which isn't very high because I'm a Red Sox fan, and that's okay. So we got two one two one must goes. Okay, so this is how the one must go works, Chris. I don't think you've uh, I don't think you've uh, uh, participated in this on Coop Show, but we do it here as well. And so I'm going to give you three things, and you have to pick one. So in uh, in honor of our rivalry, we've got two sets of questions. So I went with three Yankees and three Red Sox. And you got to pick one of the uh, Yankees that you got to kick to the curb. Like they're nope, they're gone. And okay. the same thing with the Red Sox. Okay. So the Red Sox one's probably going to be a lot harder because I know you want to kick all three of them to the curb, but I was so, going to say that. Can I just pick all three? <laughs> they all got to go. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, nope, not part of the rules, man. So, but I wanted to make okay. the Yankee one tough right. too, because I picked three of my favorite Yankees that I have that I think everybody who loves baseball has respect for. These are three of the, the good guys in the past. And I know you grew up, you know, right. we're about the same age. And so you got to see the great, you know, the great nineties teams um, with some fantastic players, a lot of talent. And of course, so here are the three players. One of them's got to go. Okay. First one, the captain, Derek Jeter. Second one, Paul O'Neill, really good guy. Great player. And uh, all around good, uh, good Yankee. And then the third one is Bernie Williams. So which one's got to go? Uh, um, definitely not G. I mean, that's uh, that G's. You know, come on, G's G. That's the not captain, happening. right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. So it would be between Bernie and Paulie. Ugh. You know. One's got a really good arm. And the other one really came big time in the clutch, especially in the playoffs. You know, 
know. I'll have to say, you know what? Bernie plays the guitar, so I got the, he's a music guy. So uh, sorry, Paul, you got to go. <laughs> Paul O'Neill gets kicked Paul. to the curb. Then, um, yeah. So. Well, and then those two center field. Right, and Bernie and Derek were actually, a tougher yeah, job in right field too. Man. That's true, and and Paul O'Neill wasn't a Yankee for life. He did he played for the Reds for a while. Mm-hmm. So I know Bernie and Bernie yep, and Derek Jeter were, were were life were were lifetime mm-hmm. Yankees. So there you go with that one. Okay, so the the Red Sox. Well, this one's going to hurt a you little know, bit more. It's funny. Hold on one second. You know, what? go ahead. Hold on one second. Where is it? Hold on. It's funny you brought him up. I saw him playing one night, and I actually got. I actually got a dollar bill signed by Bernie Williams right here. Oh, here. Ed. Signed by Bernie Williams. <laughs> it's just weird that you just brought him up. That's right. That's behind. awesome. So he was <laughs> actually cool. playing guitar in a, in, a, in, a, in a bar that I was in one night. And he was I had a dollar. I was like, bro, can you sign the dollar? He's like, yeah, bro, I got you. So I was like, I'll put the other dollar in your, in your uh, you know, the, the cigar suitcase, the cigar case that he had on the stage. But, you know, so fun little story there. So, yeah, Bernie so and, cool. and Jeter all day long. Nice. So, uh, so the third set of players is all Red Sox players, and I know, I know you hate each and one of these guys. You have to, <laughs> for for reasons. I respect so, them. Yeah, I respect right. them. So, but they, uh, they all played. They all played their part in the two, in two thousand and four. So here we go. I think you see. I think you probably see some of these guys coming here. David Ortiz, Pedro Martinez. And the bloody sock himself, Kurt Schilling. One's got to go. Ooh. Well, just because of what that bastard Pedro Martinez did to Don Zimmer in the playoffs, he's got to <laughs> go. Body, the, gotta the body go. slam. The body slam. He's got to go. Yeah, he's got to go. Right. <laughs> he's got to go. Doing that to Don Zimmer. He's got to go. So I, I would. T- I mean, listen. I respect all those players. Are great players. I respect them. Um, but, you know, if I had to pick one, I get, you know, David Ortiz was the best DHs ever. Pedro's a great pitcher, but I think, in my opinion, I think that Schilling was better than Pedro when it comes to pitchers. So I would I would say, yeah, I would say uh, Pedro had to go. I thought you were going to throw Veritek in that mix, man. I, I he, almost had Veritek. Their captain. I almost leader. had Veritek, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and then Veritek did the, the, the he tried that, that one brawl where that A-Rod with A-Rod where he, he uh that that infamous picture where he has he pushes him in the face and everything. How, how, what's your take? So what's your take? You're a Yankee. You're the Yankee fan. I I the the three guys I listed before beloved, beloved mm-hmm. Mariano mm-hmm. Rivera is another guy like beloved. A Rod was kind of polarizing. I mean, you know what's your what's your take on A Rod? Were you an A Rod guy? No, no. I wanted them to get rid of A Rod. I thought like after the first, I think when he was gonna opt out, and he that I was like done with him. You know, overpriced. I mean, listen, A Rod's a great player. I obviously you're coming to the New York Yankees. He was a way better shortstop than he was third baseman. I think that screwed him up a little bit. But obviously, you're coming to the New York Yankees. You're not gonna take Jeter's spot. That's not yeah. happening. Yeah. So you know, um, but I just think that he never like you know. That's why I, I mean, Jeter is my favorite player. You know, um, mm-hmm. but Jeter had that it factor in prime time. Like he, he, he's not going to hit a, he might not hit a home run for you, but he's going to get a base hit with a man on oh, yeah. when it's bottom of the ninth. And to, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's who I want. I would take him up to, he's King Clutch, you know? And I just felt that A-Rod for the amount of money that we spent on him never, 
seize the moment. Whenever he had the moment, man, I mean, he had that one hit, I remember, in the playoffs against the Angels. I was actually at that game, and he, and right. he put it over the fence to win the game. But other than that, bro, like, he never had big hits in the clutch. Yeah, he'll get you a home run in the first inning when nobody's on base and it's like a fucking regular season game. Right. It's like when, you know, when the playoffs, like you got to kick it up into high gear, man. And he just, in my opinion, never did in the big spot. He was a great all-around player. Don't get me wrong. The man's got, you know, he's on the, you know, top, you know, home run leaders and all that. But I would, and, and you know what it was? He didn't embrace New York. He didn't embrace the New York vibe and playing right. for the Yankees. And he, he, I don't think he could handle it. You know, I didn't think he was able to handle the pressure and the media pressure being in that, in that market. And I, I just, I, he wasn't a Yankee at heart, you know, yeah. he played for the money. He didn't play. He wasn't a Yankee at heart. In my yeah, not like those other guys. So. so, I mean, I, you know, I live in Texas in those two seasons where the Rangers went to the world series. They, uh, they ended the Yankees seasons, uh, both both times, right? Um, yeah. In the playoffs, I think one time it was in the ALCS, the other time it was the ALDS. But both times, both both Yankee season. I'm not trying to pulse. So I'm really not trying to bust your balls too much here, Chris. But both both yeah. seasons I'm ended sure with A Rod. Yeah. No, with A Rod striking out by Neftali Feliz. Um, and one one of one of the years, uh, I think it was the second year, is to go to the World Series, and and it was or the first year is to go to the World Series against the Giants, where they really did terrible, but, um, they, he, uh, Neftali's fleas, uh, struck out a rod looking. And that was the joke running against some of my friends was like, you know, how much did the Yankees pay, uh, a rod to look at that ball go by in the strike zone? <laughs> it was, um, man, but you're, you're, uh, I, I've always wondered like what, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't have, I don't have a lot of Yankee f- uh, fan friends, uh, not, not because of the stupid rivalry or anything like that. Just, I didn't just not, but I've always wanted to hear about like what their take on a rod was. So, yeah, he's not really loved in New York. I mean, he's not, you know, he's not really a, a loved, loved Yankee, loved Yankee, man. I, I feel like he keeps on wanting to try to get back into the organization, but they just don't want him around. <laughs> so he went to go work for ESPN <laughs> instead. Cause he tried, I think, I think he, I think when Boone was coming on, he was, he was trying out for the, uh, I believe I think he was trying out for the for the manager position or wanted a, yeah, a position within yeah. within the coaching staff. Yeah, and he just got they were like, "Nah, bro, <laughs> like, nah. nah, we're good," you know. Like, still, so, yeah, go work at ESPN, pal. Have a good day with that. <laughs> so, but I mean, listen, you know, he, he, I think, you know, a lot of those guys you mentioned, like I said, it was different. Like they were a Yankee, true and true. Like they. they they respected they respected the history of the franchise and um, a lot of those guys also had a good relationship with you know George Steinbrenner and mm-hmm. and um, I th- I think they really believed in the team and believed what it was to be a New York Yankee you know and I think A Rod was there just more for the paycheck not for the glory so you know yeah it's you could. Yeah, like I said, those other three guys you could tell are just beloved and respected even by, you know, Red Sox fans too. So, um, but that was our one must go segment. It was always brought to you by United Cigar featuring La Giana Havana and Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron lines. So smoke one today and start living United. 
Now, this next segment, uh, Chris, you and I talked a little bit about this uh, as we were kind of, this is the segment that it's near and dear to my heart. We've done this for over a year now where my guest gets to pick and choose a uh, profit, a nonprofit or charity of their choice to feature. And this is, I'm really proud. This is the second time that this charity has been featured on, on LLC Fumar Takes. And you thought with the, you know, I'll let you speak on it a little bit, but um, because it's a very deep personal connection because of where you come from. Um, but it was Veterans Day this past week, and uh, we wanted to honor uh, a great foundation that does an incredible amount of work. In fact, during Veterans Day, uh, they held a ceremony in which they read off the names of all 7,000 plus people who have given their lives uh, on, the, on the war on terror. And that, of course, is Tunnel to Towers Foundation, um, a very, very fa- wonderful foundation and great charity that does some incredible work. And Chris, being from New York, uh, I know this is very personal for you. Why did why did you choose uh, Talented Towers? Well, I mean, when you when you came to me with that, um, you know, I started thinking about a couple charities. You know, I'm, I obviously, uh, you know, I started thinking about Shriners because you know, big into kids. You know, you got to take care of kids. Then I started thinking of animal stuff because I'm a big dog guy and I love animals. Um, but then I was like, you know what? It, it, Veterans Day just passed. My my grandfather was a World War II vet. He was there at Pearl Harbor when it got bombed. He was in the first strike getting it, getting us into World War II, which was Guadalcanal. Oh um, you know, yeah, I actually have his bags and stuff from when he was in the war. It's pretty, it's pretty cool, cool shit. Um, but so I, I wanted to honor the veterans. You know, Veterans Day was a couple of days ago. Plus, you know, I am from New York. I was there when 9-11 happened. I remember, you know, walking out when I was actually in my apartment on Tuckahoe Road in Yonkers at the time and uh, seeing coming out. And like, I mean, you could literally see it from Yonkers. You can see the smoke, that cloud of smoke. And, you know, that's that's really that day really got me more in tune with what's going on in the world. Whereas before that, I was like oblivious. I really didn't care um where that happened that kind of really got me you know involved with you know keeping up with what's going on in the world and and a little bit you know to politics and stuff like that so yeah i wanted to honor like all those the boys you know um you know who, who gave their lives and the service members who put on a uniform every day and you know, listen, I've had my problems with new people in uniform, man. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, I've had my issues with some of these fucking guys. But I have to say, they, they, for, for, for you to go out there and put your ass on the line, leave your family and say, God forbid you lose your life, man. I think that foundation, uh, Frank Siller has done a great job. Um, his brother was killed in, in one of the towers. Um, so, you know, I just wanted to honor them close to Veterans Day, honor all our service members, cops firemen ems or all our boys over there uh in another country getting shot at while we sit here and drink our you know our, our whiskey and smoke our cigars and and worry about not real problems compared to what they're dealing with i just thought it was you know, it was the right thing to do you know so um salute to them and 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 everybody uh you know sacrificing their their lives and and uh putting their ass on the line for, for us and for our freedoms. So, so I thought it'd be a good idea. It's a fantastic story. Steven Siller just, uh, he was on his way home. He was on his way home. He had just gotten off right. shift and he, he, uh, he was, he was going to go play golf. Ran with his back through the tunnel. And he went back yep. and he ran through the tunnel and, yep. um, uh, and a lot of, a lot of great people, um, gave their life that day and, and lost their lives. And, um, 
and it's uh, it's it's a great organization, and I'm, I'm proud to talk about it again. And if you guys uh, feel uh, to my audience, if you feel so called, just uh, please consider donating. I threw the link there in the chat, and it'll be in the it'll be in the show notes later on as well. And uh, Chris, I do this every uh, every week. My wife and I uh, have committed to this. Uh, we'll be donating a, a small donation to Tenants of Towers uh, uh, in your honor um, later on this evening. So thank you. Oh, thank you, man. Well, let me know about that. I'm going to add to it. I'm gonna add. I'm gonna add a couple hundred bucks to it. So, you uh, you tell me what you're doing, and uh, just reach out to me, and I'll, I'll send you guys a couple hundred bucks, and uh, you know, give it give it to them. Because, uh, like I said, man, those guys are selfless, and that's what you need, man. You gotta have, you know, people gotta remember, and free freedom ain't free, you know. And people put their ass on the line for us to be able to to enjoy the finer things in life, lives, and and live our lives, and a safe, free country where you're able to say what you want to say. And, you know, um, so, you know, honor to them. And, uh, yeah, just reach out to me with, with whatever you're doing, Bear, and I'll, uh, I'll throw into that pot with you. Absolutely. Thank you, Chris. That's, that's very generous. Um, yeah, but thank you so much for bringing, uh, bringing this charity up again. I was really pleased. Uh, Juan Cancela of Protocol Cigars was the, the gentleman who brought it up uh, last time, and, and uh, it's great to talk about oh, it again. Good. So um you know being there in new york when it happened everything i guess you were you were just out of high school at that point right it had to be yeah yeah i was like uh 17 18 years old yep i was about seven i'm uh, i hate to say i just had gotten kicked out of my house <laughs> actually i was because i was an asshole when i was a kid i had a lot of issues but uh you know i was about i remember i was 18 years old at an apartment in yonkers and talk on right off took road uh with one of my exes and, um, yeah, it was, a, it really, you know, that you know, I think, and I'm not getting into politics or anything like that, obviously. Um, but I think that's something that we need to remember and all learn from, because that was a great time as, as bad as it was, it was also a good time as, as, as you know, when it comes to seeing how people came together, how the oh, city absolutely. came together, how all this shit that people bitch and moan about now. And the division that is going on in the world today between like classes and race and, you know, all this nonsense, like when that happened, man, it didn't fucking matter, bro. I remember, I mean, I remember when the day it happened and I saw, you know, I saw, I was on the highway actually getting out of court. (laughs) I'm not even going to get into it, but I was getting out of court (laughs) and they adjourned court and I was in Connecticut and because I had a case in Connecticut. And they adjourned court, and they, and I remember coming back on the highway and seeing all the fire trucks like flying to the city, man. And like you know, it didn't matter what color, what religion, what you know, everybody was on the same page. People were pissed, yeah. they were sad. Everybody came together, and I think this country, you know, if you could go back to that and remember at the end of the day that you know we all have a common, you know, no matter what path you come from, like we all have a common value system which is we care about our kids we care about our families or all you know and i I just wish you know the country could come back to that a little bit you know because divisiveness is not good for anybody it's not you know people need to come together man you know and this is a big factor that bring this is why i fell in love with this 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 brings people together you know Mm -hmm. and that's what it should all be about man we're all americans we look you know we should all in a way no matter which way you you choose to, to show that should love this country you know it's, it afforded us the freedoms 
um, and luxuries that we, we, we were able to provide to ourselves and our families. Um, you know, and I think people should just remember that and, and, and just go back to that day and remember how that's, you know, even if you weren't from New York, you know, everybody across the country felt it, man. And everybody came together, no matter what state you were from, no matter what background you're from, yeah. you know, race, religion, it didn't matter, man. You know, we all had a common value that we wanted to get our city back up and running. I mean, it's America City, New York City, and we wanted to go kick the ass of the people that did it. You know, and um, I think I think people need to need to remember that sometimes, especially in today's uh, political climate and the, oh, and the way absolutely. the world's going now. So no Republicans, no Democrats that day. Nothing. Never nothing. Nope. It was just Americans. And we were just we were people. And it's yep. it's something to be said about the people in uniform. There's the, the, the humanity of the people that run the wrong direction. Everyone else, mm-hmm. normal people. And the, look, this isn't anything short of normal people. I mean, I'll, I won't lump you in that, Chris. I won't speak for you, but I'll speak for me. I, I, I'm running the other way. I'm, t- I'm I, If I've got my family with me, I'm protecting them and I'm running the other way. I've got them as close as I can and I'm running the other way. These are the people that run into that. Yeah, you got to be a different type of person and you have to you have to be selfless. And like I said, people need to get back to that. You know, the problem now, I think, in our society is one, the politics, the vision, but people are very selfish now. You know, you have your Instagram, your Facebook, you could be whoever you want to be on social media and portray a certain, you know, person that you are or. You know, and and I don't mean to I, listen. I'm not speaking for everybody, but uh, you know, I see a lot of frauds out there. I see a lot of people acting like they're something that they're not, or they're, you know, you could be your own. You're your own legend in your own mind on your on your IG account. You know, like oh, but, absolutely. Um, you know, I think you know, and I, and and to to be selfless is a is a, a an attribute um, that that is a. Uh, becoming a, 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 a small a sh- becoming it's becoming a less and less that you find people that are selfish selfless and not selfish um right you know and i just i just hope our country uh could get back to that at, at, at some point where we start to give a shit you know about being a good person doing the right thing being a stand-up person you know doing what you say and saying what you do um not just uh trying to appease the social media puppets out there you know um absolutely and, and you know i i i speak like that for my brand and i know just the same way like you know we don't get into politics we don't ever really get behind a lot of the political bullshit that's out there i mean we've been pushed by certain uh groups to try oh you're not doing this or you're not supporting that or it's like bro we're not supporting this and we're not saying we support this or we don't support that. We don't support shit. We support selling cigars and our business. That's what we yeah. support. And if you're cool with that, cool. If you're not and you're mad at me because I'm not supporting this group of thing or this, that, this democratic thing or this, then, you know, then roll on, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah. you know, I'm not going to just buckle down to the cancel culture and the shit that you want me to do because that's what you believe. And that's great. It's a free country. That's what you believe in. You can do it. You know, but I also believe in what I believe in and Jeff believes in what he believes in and we could believe what we want to believe in and it doesn't affect anybody. And we don't put that yeah. into our product and our brand, you know, ever, e- either direction, whether it's right or left, you know, yeah. we try to stay in the middle because at the end of the day, 
we do something that brings people together and that's what we want to continue to do and we don't want to alienate certain groups of people due to a, a political due to political shit it's your stupid, company name says you know, it all in my family opinion. your company name says it all family yeah You're the amandola family cigar and that means everybody that means everybody i don't care if you're black white red green martian chinese muslim catholic i don't give a shit if you're cool you're part of our family you like cigars you like to 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 you know like this community and and you like our product you're part of our family if you're a douchebag i don't give a shit what color you are what race you are what creed or drill it then you're a fucking douchebag i'm gonna i'm gonna treat you accordingly and that's how it goes you know it, it's <laughs> there is no you know that's that's how it goes man you know and it goes like that for everybody i don't care who you are and 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 i know jeff believes in that but um yeah man i mean i just i hope the country could come together again one day because we need it right now you mean you know? both if a red Sox fan and a yankee fan can sit here and have a great conversation the world can come together, man. It can. It can. There you go, bro. Chris, you got time for one last question? Last question. Yeah, of course, man. All right. Course, I know I got I know you got an early morning morning, so I really appreciate it. So thank you nah, so much. Man. For your hey, time. Listen, I'm up now. I'm still smoking, man. So whatever. You want to keep going, you keep going. I'm here. So whatever you want to do, my man. All right. So this is our last question of that, which of course is our curveball segment. Uh, Dunbarton sponsored by Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Curveballs, fastballs, it doesn't matter. Since the company's inception, Steve Sock has been knocking them out of the park. Six consecutive years with the consensus top three. Yep, I looked it up, and I even got fact-checked on it once, too. So, Chris, we've been talking a lot about New York uh, the last few minutes here, and I know that's where you come from. You have a lot of pride for America City, as you put it, and um, lots to be proud of about being from that city. A lot of stereotypes too. A lot of stereotypes about New Yorkers. So here's the question. Here what is what is the one what is the one stereotypical New Yorker thing that is not you? Oh boy. Uh shit. I don't like, like well, they say every everybody, uh oh uh, maybe not that. Uh, you got me thinking now. This is a tough one, Bear. Shit. <laughs> well, how about you give me some options and I'll tell you if that's me or not. Oh, well, okay. That was okay, well, your chance as a boss, as a boss of fan. Oh, to go no. In, nice. Put me on the spot. Fan. So, this, so okay. yeah. All I'm right. going to reverse it to you, man. You give me some things and I'll tell you if that's me or not. All right. Well, okay. So the let's go with all New Yorkers are like, there's some stereotypes that New Yorkers are 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 pushy and rude they're that they they walk faster than everybody that they uh they think that they think that new york is better than everybody every place else that that uh all new yorkers uh the all new yorkers talk like you what the, the great new york accent i love it so whatever <laughs> so i'm just throwing some stereotypes i out don't there. even think i'm having I don't even think I have an accent. That's what the weird shit is. I don't even. I think Je I, I think Jeffrey's is thicker think than yours. Uh, I think Jeffrey's is thicker than yours. Um, you think Jeffrey's thicker than more? I think his Never accent is thicker than yours. Okay. I think his accent's thicker than yours. Okay. Um, but um, it's. I mean, no, I don't think any of these describe you. I'm just throwing stuff. You told me to throw stuff out there that people think of New York. I, I that, and that I'm not from New York. So I don't know all the stereotypes, you know. So that's why I was. I was. This is why I was kind of throwing this question. Well, at you. I mean. 
listen, listen. Do you, do you not you like mean, pizza, not like or something? Like, do you like Chicago no, style no, instead no. of New York no, style, like like something like that? No, no, hell no, no, <laughs> hell no. That's not pizza. That's beat this shit. No, no, no. You gotta think crust and greasy, bro. Think crust and greasy. But uh, I don't know. I mean. I think that the stereotype is, of us being a little aggressive and obnoxious is is true, probably because you know up where I come from, you have to be that way uh, to kind of get shit done. Um, but I, I have to say, you know, New Yorkers they they might be they might be that way on the front, but once they once they get to know you and they know you know and you've earned their respect. They're the best friends you'll ever have, man. They'll go to the end, ends of the earth for you. They'll they'll give you the shirt off their back. And that being said, like with, with 9-11, like that's like we need to get back to that. But I, I don't know if that's going to answer your question the way you really wanted. Because oh, a lot of those things you educated. said, I probably am a little bit like. For the, for the record, the Jeff, the day, Jeff's watching. Jeff's watching. And he said, you're all the stereotypes. So for the record. I'll go fuck yourself. <laughs> fucking guy. That's a fucking douche. Wait till you get on here, pal. You're from Jeffy's lost his, his New York card like 10 years ago. He lived in Boston first. He left New York, went to Boston, and then moved down to the Carolinas. So, but uh, no, nah, he, I, man, that's my dude, man. I, I'm curious to see how he's going to answer this because honestly, he's not, he's, he's not a lot of the stereotypes. Like, you know, he's more laid back. He's not as in your face, but you know, same thing. It, it's, it's loyalty. One thing I have to say, you know, we are loyal as shit, man. Like if, if, if oh. you're, if, if you got a New Yorker in your, in your corner, man, they'll, they'll do whatever. No questions asked for you. You know, like you ever see that yeah. scene in, uh, in, uh, what was it? Um, ah, uh, shit with Ben Affleck and, uh, when they wear the nun mask and they're, they're, oh, they're, the they're robbing all the banks, the town, the yeah. town. Yeah. 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 And you know, when he gets to that scene and he's like, we're going to go hurt some people, we're going to do some bad things, but you can't any any questions. Can't, can't and like, let's question. go. That's New York. Yeah. That, who's who's yeah, car yeah, are we going to take? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, yes. Love that's, the town. That's how we roll, you know? Awesome. So, I love it. <laughs> so that's, that's how it is. Whose so, car are we going to take? I love it. No, I, I, I think... Yeah, I, I, Chris, I could totally see what you're saying because, like, I, it kind of goes back to that original thing we talked about that started tonight. Like, when we first met, the, I mean, you, you busted my balls about my hat, uh, you know, about the Red Sox and stuff, and but it didn't matter. Like, I, I, I felt, I felt welcomed in. Like I said, we were talking about your aura. We were talking about you and Jeff's aura and this, this thing that you bring to this industry and and the family aspect of it. And I, you know, I, I felt, I, I felt a part of your world instantly. And, and I don't know if that's just part of y'all's personality um, or what, but yeah, I totally, I totally get what you're saying there because um, I, I felt it. I personally felt it. You know, I mean, when we did our interview at PCA, like I sat, I sat in the middle between you two and we, we talked for, you know, 10, 15 minutes on air and, and um, it, it didn't even feel, and that was the first time I'd met you two. And, you know, it didn't even feel strange or weird. It, it felt familiar and, 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 you know, like we were like, we'd gone back for years. So like, yeah, I totally get what you're saying there. That's, that's, that they, that's, you know, when you have a New Yorker in your corner and yeah, I get it. We're, really we're a little rough around the edges, but when, well, when you're a part of us, you're a part of us, you know, and that's, that's, and, and that's how it goes, man. You know, and that's, it is about family. I mean, we're trying to leave a legacy 
And we do this. Me and Jeff do this for our families, man. You know, we're hoping mm-hmm. one day we're going to be able to pass this stuff off, you know, to our kids and, and you know, build something that's worth the shit and uh, people we're going to respect over time. And, uh, you know, we know this isn't, isn't a, a sprint. We say it all the time. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Mm-hmm. You just got to keep on working hard, man. We really believe that if we put the best product out there that we can, we're as genuine as we could be. And we're not trying to be something that we're not or, you know, try to be another brand or, you know, I mean, somebody asked me, and I forgot, I was on an interview and they're like, you know, uh, do you want to be like Fuente or do you want to be like Padron? Like, yeah, of course we would like that success and get the brand to that success, but we're not any of those brands. Like, and that's right. why we're not, we respect those brands, but we're not scared of those brands because we're not trying to take their, we're not trying to fit, fit that void. Like we're who we are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, and that's, we respect them and, and we want that success down the line, but we're willing to fight for it, you know, you know, uh, and, and, and struggle for it and put our, put, you know, put everything on the line for it. And I, I just hope that people out there, if you don't know about our brand and you don't know me and Jeff's story and where we come from, what we're about, you know, just give us a shot and, and, and uh, you know, hopefully, you know, not hopefully I feel confident that uh, if you give us an opportunity, uh, you know, we'll work our way into your rotation. Because you know what? Listen, there's a lot of great cigars out there, man. You know, I, I hate when I see some of these, and I'm not mentioning names, or other brand owners that have made it and are big. I make the best cigars. I might, you know, yeah, we make, we, we love our cigars too, you know? But at the end of the day, like, let's be real. There's a lot of good cigars out there, man. And like, for me to sit here and think that you're only gonna, if you're a real cigar smoker and you smoke a lot of different brands, that you're only going to smoke Amigola every day, all day. Like, come on, man, that's naive. Like, you know, uh, there's enough room for everybody. And if you make a good product, like all we ask is that we were a part of your rotation. You know, we want to be a part of, like, we just want the honor of being part of your rotation, part of a brand that, that you believe in, an upcoming brand, uh, you know, um, that's really fighting for this. Nobody gave this to us. Nobody handed this to us for 50 years. We, we really had a, you know, put in the work to kind of get where we're at, you know, between Jeff doing this for the last, you know, nine, 10 years and, and going on his path and my path meeting him, like it was organic. Everything we do is organic. We don't pay for followers. We don't pay for posts. We don't, you know, we do it through, like we want the people that support our brand and smoke our cigars to do it because they really believe in us and where this brand is going and where we want it to be from, for, you know, years, years to come. So. Yeah. That's, I, it's, uh... This is my last thought for tonight um, on this, Chris. But yeah, it, I, I, um, my, uh, my, uh, my freshman high school French teacher told me this about me, and it was something that I consciously took, and and I honestly take it with me wherever I go. She said that because I would always mention things to her about you know different aspects of my day. We got she was really close with my sister, and so I I, I knew her really well, and and she always said you know Barry you 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 take snapshots of moments and and she's like those are the things that really impact you and they they really they stay with you and um and it was it was actually a moment you probably forgot completely about it because you were so probably so dog tired it was after the trade show i we had done the interview earlier that day or maybe even the day before and it, we were just walking out of the trade show floor and we we're walking down that 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 huge hallway outside the sands and uh, you and Jeffrey and, and myself and some others. And, and, uh, so I just, you know, it just happenstance asked you like, you know, just 
you know, like what, what's, what, you know, what got you guys out of New York? What are you guys doing? You know, what do you love most about living where you live now? And, and, uh, and your immediate thought and your immediate comment was, you both talked about your family and just how, how, how much it meant for you to have them with you close and, and what it meant to be, you know, where you were with them. And, and you just talked about your family for, you know, the, the five minute walk that we had. And, and that was the, that was the impactful thing for me. That was the snapshot that I took from that moment. It was just like, you know, here I had this great experience with you two, the interview that I talked about and like, you know, you, I mean, you could have answered that question a thousand different ways. And your, your focus was, your focus was home. Your focus was with your kids and, your, you know, and your wife's and, and, uh, I think that that that's something that I took away from that conversation was just like just how how genuine and how real that aura that I experienced in that interview earlier that day really was. So um, oh, I, thank, thank you, man. I, I, I appreciate you even saying that. You know, I mean, listen, like I said, there is, you know, one thing I have noticed in this industry and this is a dog in the industry. I'm just, you know, listen, I keep it real and sometimes my mouth gets me into trouble, but. I don't give a shit, man. I'm going to tell you, you know, if you're going to ask my opinion, how it is most of the time. And, um, you know, I have noticed, you know, in this industry, sometimes, you know, a lot, you know, when people make it and get a little bit of shine and a little bit of uh, success, it kind of changes them. And one thing with me, and I always say to Jeff, no matter how big we ever get, you ought to always stay grounded. Always remember where you, you know, remember where you came from. Remember the people that helped get you there. You know, I think sometimes success, um, you know, some people can't handle it or it changes them. And, you know, it, it makes you sometimes also like, like, a, like a, a, a hater. <laughs> and it's like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. You know, I, I don't get that. You know, like there's room for all of us, you know, um, I, I believe, you know, you just gotta stay grounded be true to yourself. Um, and, and there's no reason to be like that because if you make a good product and you, are are confident in what you're putting out there um there's no reason for you to worry about what everybody else is doing like i say that all the time like yeah i keep my finger on the pole so does jeff we we pay attention obviously to what's going on in the industry other brands what they're doing stuff like that but we don't pay too much attention you know what i'm saying because you know we don't we need to worry about us and we need to worry about what we're doing and if we're we're doing the, our jobs right and we're putting a product out there, a good product out there, and people are believing in our product and believe in us and what we're doing, the success will come, man. And, and, and you know, you don't need to, to, to hate on what other people are doing because if you're doing it the right way, then, and they're not, eventually they're going to fall out and people are going to, and people are going to recognize that, you know, you don't have Absolutely. to push them off the cliff. They'll, they'll fall off the cliff on their own, you know? <laughs> So, and I think, you know, like people get like, listen, I respect everybody in this industry. There are greats in this industry and I respect them and their families and what they did. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, and I say this, and I've said this on other interviews, if, if you watch, we don't cure cancer, bro. We're not selling out Madison Square Garden. We're not superstars. We're not super athletes. We're not, you know what I'm saying? Like we make fucking cigars, bro. Like don't be so full of yourself that, oh, you're this guy, so you can't talk to this new up-and-coming brand because you're way better than... Like, it shouldn't be like that, you know? And, right. I, and I have to say, big shout-out to Lugione, our distributors. You know, those guys have took us in because they have confidence in us and they believe in us. And 
from day one, man, like they've been like real Brian Matola, Howard, Dion Gialotto for believing, you know, like they, they, they believe in what we're doing. And, and, um, that drives us because, you know, people greats like that, that give us the opportunity. We want to show them that we're not squandering the opportunity. Like we appreciate them giving us that opportunity and we're going to do the right thing. We're going to, we're going to, I don't want to say make them proud because at the end of the day, we run our own company. It's, you know, it's our decisions, but we want to show them that, that, you know, you know, we have respect for them giving that, us that opportunity. And we know that's not given out to everybody. So we want to show them that that opportunity wasn't wasted on us. And, and that motivates us, you know? And um, like I said, you know, when it comes to politics, life, cigars, business, you know, people just want to be treated the way you want to be treated. You know? So if you, you know, you got some success and you came from the bottom and made it, you know, maybe, Try to help out the younger guys, man. Try to try to give them some advice and, and guide them in the right direction. You shouldn't want them to fail, you know, because the more people involved in this industry, in my opinion, it just it's it's it just you know it adds to the industry. It adds value. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you know you should want to see other people succeed. And if you're doing the right thing and you're confident in what you're doing, you will succeed too. So you know Absolutely. that's just that's just the way I look at it. So, Absolutely. So. You guys do the industry proud. So I really appreciate your time tonight, Chris. And, and thanks to our audience for hanging in there and, and jumping on late with us. We know we had some technical difficulties at the beginning of the night. So it really means a lot uh, to me personally for everyone who stuck it out and, and hopped in with us. And uh, Chris, really appreciate your time as well. You know you got an early morning. So want to thank you, especially uh, time taken away from your family to sit down and have a conversation with me. Uh, it's been absolutely a treat and uh, I loved every moment of it. So thank you. No, uh, no problem, guys. Thank you. And thank you for again for giving me, you know, the platform. Thanks for listening to our story. Thank you. know, big shout out to Coop, every guys, everybody that you're affiliated, affiliated with there. You're an awesome dude. I had a great time talking to you at PCA. Same thing, man. It was just, you know, some people you just click with right off the bat and others, you know, maybe it's more of a little bit of work, but uh, definitely I felt the same way, uh, you know, talking to you, walking out of the PCA. So I appreciate your time. I appreciate your interest. And what we're doing and uh just keep an eye on us man because uh we ain't going nowhere well so. <laughs> absolutely looking forward to smoking some more amandola and uh everyone out there check out uh check out the core line from agonoris to check out the uh, cannolis from uh lazona factory the, the good stuff and you know what it's only the beginning like they said there this is a marathon not a sprint there's gonna be some exciting stuff to come from these guys really excited to have chris on thank you for sharing in our 189th take Live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Euless, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplissy, as always. And guess what, everybody? We'll see you next time. Peace.